You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented host of the program, fresh from BamaOnline.com, where I serve as the senior analyst for the Alabama affiliated website on the 247sports.com network. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier. Out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. If you call right now and go ahead and get those Thanksgiving orders in, you're going to get an early bird discount. You can also email the store, uh, but give them a call at 205-752-0211. Get those chocolate treats for Thanksgiving. They've got those molds, you know. They can do, like, turkey molds for you. They can do fall-themed molds. Make your Thanksgiving extra special with Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the producer of the show, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, have you survived election 2020 that is still ongoing by the way kind of like the jerry lewis telethon from my youth you know just gonna keep going and going and going how you doing jacob i've got to check my pulse check my uh breathing rate (laughs) i think i'm still here uh Mm -hmm. anxiety and all but we're making it yeah there you go hey if nothing else if nothing else you can't say there hadn't been uh an, an incredible interest and uh, participation by Americans in this 2020 presidential election. So we like that. And again, as we said yesterday, certainly appreciate everyone, poll workers, uh, election officials, folks that make this democracy work uh, for us here in the United States of America. Appreciate their efforts. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Man, that TikTok video we were talking about yesterday, Jacob, you know where that thing's at now in terms of views? That magical chocolate cocoa ball that we did at Casa de Ryer a couple nights ago? Got to be at 5 mil. Not quite 5 mil, but 3.3 million views now. And uh, as you might expect, the chocolate lady getting hit up a little bit about that baby. It's really cool. It's uh, We talked about the molds earlier. It's a mold that she makes and they make there at Peterbrook. A chocolate ball, and inside of it, you've got the miniature marshmallows. You've got the cocoa mix. And so when you drop that ball or you pour the hot steamed milk over the ball, it does it does the magic. It's literally magic. It's a magical chocolate cocoa ball is what it is. But um, you know, that thing continues, continues to take off. Uh, it is a bye week for the Alabama Crimson Tide, as we know, on the football field. But Nick Saban addressing the media as a part of the SEC coaches teleconference this morning. Uh, Anything of note we will have for you. I can tell you Nick Saban on that teleconference this morning, Jacob, did confirm that he has no interest in eventually running for public office. Kind of laughed at that, actually. So uh, if you're looking for Nick Saban at some point post-coaching career to take the Tommy Tuberville route, Tommy Tuberville, U.S. Senator. Say that a few times, huh? Tommy Tuberville, he loves Alabama, man. 
He won six of his last seven in Iron Bowls before getting thrashed here. What was that, 36 to nothing in 2008? Uh, but then comes back and wins a Senate seat. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville. Nick Saban sending along his congratulations on the SEC coaches teleconference earlier today. Yeah, I think Nick, I think Nick, it'd be interesting with Nick, though, if he did kind of pull a Tuberville and run for, say, a Senate spot, something like that. Uh, and, and I'd be interested to see which political, uh, which party flag would fly with Nick Saban. That would be interesting, I think. 205-342-9904, that is the number to call. Uh, we're going to get into some SEC games for the upcoming weekend. We expect to hear from Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com coming up in just a little bit as well. You know, this Florida-Georgia game on Saturday, I've been thinking with the antics of Dan Mullen here of late. And by the way, I did check in with Pops this morning. I called him to check on him uh, as these votes continue to be tabulated in this uh, presidential election. Just had to check in on Pops. But, you know, big Gator fan, big week for Pops with Florida-Georgia. And he's on record here and other places as being a proponent, a supporter of Dan Mullen. Now, in light of recent events, you've probably heard from Pops that there's been some chinks in that support, some uh, deterioration in terms of Pops' support of Dan Mullen. I asked him this morning where he sits on Dan following the events of last Saturday night down at Florida Field. And uh, I, I'll let him talk about that on Friday. But I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, he, he's getting further and further off the Dan Mullen train at this point. You know, I think Pops is like a lot of Gator fans right now. That's great, Dan. Now beat Nick Saban or Kirby Smart just once. And it starts with this Saturday, obviously. Got to beat Kirby. You know, because Dan's routine, I guess you could call it. You know, there is still a lot of Florida fans out there that they consider it a good thing, like a positive. He's supportive of his players, you know, and he's protecting his players. They think it's even maybe cute what you see from Dan Mullen. But let him lose to Kirby again on Saturday down there on the banks of the St. John's River and then check back with those same fans because that's what it comes down to. And here's what I wonder, too, for some Alabama fans. Are they – are they put off enough by Dan Mullen at this point? You know, there's a lot of Alabama fans. It's interesting. A lot of Alabama fans are anti-Kirby since he left and took that job at Georgia. Now, you know, there's been rumblings about some of Kirby's antics uh, involved during his departure from Alabama. Uh, maybe also some of the antics uh, he's had on the recruiting trail. Uh, in relation to his former employer and his former boss. Uh, but has Dan Mullen, has he become polarizing enough that if you're an anti-Kirby Alabama fan that you're actually going to pull for Georgia this weekend? If you're an Alabama fan, who are you pulling for in Florida, Georgia? Obviously, there's a competitive aspect to consider in this matchup when you look ahead to a potential SEC championship game matchup with either Florida all the Georgia Bulldogs. And look, based on what we've seen to this point and where things sit in the standings, this is pretty much the SEC Eastern Division title game on Saturday down in Jacksonville. But uh, where are you at on that game if you're an Alabama fan? I think it's interesting. I would guess that there are still more Alabama fans that will be pulling for Florida Saturday than uh, Kirby in Georgia. I think it's twofold. I think when you talk about in terms of potential matchups, um, you feel like from an overall talent perspective, Georgia is still the bigger threat to Alabama in a rematch, even after you saw Alabama win by 17 here in Tuscaloosa. You know, that's a game in which player for player, a matchup in which player for player, Georgia stacks up better right now, in my opinion than does the University of Florida. Now, as far as areas where these teams can exploit Alabama the most, I think offensively Florida's built more that way. More playmakers, certainly a more capable quarterback when it comes to throwing the football right now. So the combustibility 
if you're an Alabama fan, when you look at Florida on offense, you might have a little bit, might give you a little bit of a tick. You know, you might start twitching there in the corner of your mouth when you start thinking about some potential matchups with Florida that could be similar to what you saw from, let's say, Ole Miss. I mean, we, we talked about that going into the Ole Miss game. Kenny Yaboa is a nice tight end, but Kyle Pitts, the Florida, you want to see that? Probably not. But conversely, similar to Ole Miss, too, I think Alabama's offense, you know, if you put 41 on Georgia, uh, I would think if you're Alabama offensively, you'd feel pretty good about what you could do against that Florida defense. You know, we were talking about the election and no sports really last night, you know, pretty quiet night on election night. Uh, Now you're going to have Maction back tonight. Seems appropriate. The Rust Belt was so much of the talk as ballots continue to be counted in this presidential election and how the impact of the Rust Belt and what it's going to have on this final result here in the presidential election seems appropriate tonight that we get the kickoff of 2020 Maction. You got six games in the Mac tonight. So you're going to be cabled up. You're going to have Maction all over the cable. Tonight, So you got that to look forward to. But Vegas, even on a night when there was no sports, Vegas killed it last night with this presidential election. You know, the 2020 election going into it was on pace to be the largest betting event ever. And that was based more on even the United Kingdom. Um but there was $258 million that was wagered on the 2016 election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And this election was expected to nearly double that uh, when you talk about the numbers. And going into it yesterday afternoon, uh, Vegas was actually hoping for a Joe Biden win. Nothing political about it. You got to understand that about the man. He doesn't get caught up in the politics. It's all about the cash and the numbers. And the reason why Vegas was hoping for a Biden win was because a ton of money was coming in on Trump as the underdog going into it. So the money going in was heavily on Trump as an underdog, which Vegas would love to see, uh, in that in that uh, scenario, Biden uh, win the election. But man, the live betting—if you followed that, if you followed the live odds throughout the course of events, starting with really around, gosh, even seven thirty or six thirty Central last night—and you're looking at it at six twenty Central, Donald Trump was plus one ninety as an underdog. Okay, that was at six twenty. No more than four hours later, he had moved to a minus 775 favorite. That's how much the money was moving. That was by 610 Central. That's how much it had moved. And then throughout the evening, you just had this volatile sort of wild uh, changes there. I mean, uh, he, he was moving from, you know, 775 down to 190 as a favorite, 165 as a favorite by 1040 Central. And then when you went to bed, a lot of you didn't go to bed until midnight, maybe even one o'clock this morning. When a lot of folks went to bed at, let's say, one Central this morning, Donald Trump was a 240 favorite to win, to remain in place as the president of the United States. By 10 a.m., Central this morning, he was a 320 underdog. It's just, you know, you got to understand the man, Vegas, they always win, don't they? Absolutely. So we got that to continue to follow. And speaking of uh, odds in the Southeastern Conference coming up this weekend and uh, some things to keep an eye on, you got some home underdogs. We'll get into some of Rusty's candidates. Rusty will release his home underdogs in college football for the upcoming weekend with potentially the sharpest teeth. He'll do that officially tomorrow. But I can, after convening with him, yeah, Rusty lets me in on some of his candidates 
that he's considering pretty much on the eve of releasing those picks. And there's some interesting ones, not only in the Southeastern Conference, but around college football in general. Right there in the SEC, Rusty is considering Texas A&M and South Carolina. South Carolina getting seven and a half Saturday night as a home underdog. Arkansas, home hog. Maybe a home hog with teeth, Rusty. What do you think? Arkansas getting a couple of points, getting two. With Smokey, speaking of dogs, going into Fayetteville on Saturday night. Tennessee right now a two-point favorite on the road at Arkansas. Elsewhere around the country, Clemson, even with the quarterback situation, I've made the sort of comparison in recent days to this Clemson-Notre Dame game being similar to what you saw in 2017 when Jake Fromm went up there in place of Jacob Eason as a true freshman at quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Clemson, a five-and-a-half-point fave on the road at Notre Dame. That is, of course, an NBC game on Saturday night. And then um, you've got some really cool games this weekend. That That is the thing about the Pac-12 coming back online, the MAC tonight. You're going to continue to have the Mountain West. You're going to see Mountain West football tomorrow night. Friday night, you've got some ACC football. you got a really cool sort of uh, – Independent versus Mountain West game, big one for BYU. BYU continues to try to state its case as perhaps a fringe college football playoff candidate. BYU will go up to the blue turf in Boise, Idaho, as a three-point road favorite. So you got to consider the Broncos of Boise there with these home dogs. North Carolina State's going to get 10 on Friday night in a matchup with Miami up in Raleigh. Uh, and what about Indiana? Indiana right now, Indiana isn't Indiana top 20 team in the polls right now? After that upset of Penn State to get the season going, Indiana on Saturday getting three at home with Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines coming to town. We're going to step aside for our first break when we come back. Cecil Hurd of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. Will join us on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947 and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball guard John Petty is one of 20 candidates selected to the 2021 Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award watch list, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced on Tuesday morning. Petty had a career-best year in 2019-2020 on his way to earning second-team All-SEC honors. He also averaged 14.5 points and a team-high 6.6 rebounds per game last year. Petty also shot 44% from three-point field goal range, which led the SEC and ranked ninth in the nation. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Mercy Chalangot earned Alabama Women's Cross Country's first National Athlete of the Week honor. The U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association announced on Tuesday. Chalangot captured the individual women's crown of the SEC Championships with a winning time of 1946.5 in the 6K. The Kenyan native waited until she passed the mile mark to post a dominant 11.5 second victory over a talented all-conference field. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide today brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. 
Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports What a beautiful afternoon of bright sunny sky. The high today 73. Clear tonight, the low at 47. And we stay rain-free tomorrow and Friday. Partly to mostly sunny both days. The high tomorrow 73. Friday's high at 76 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. I Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you here on Tide 100.9 FM. It's that time on Wednesdays. We like to head to the Peterbrook Chocolates here studio line, check in with our good friend Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com. And Cecil, uh, at this point in the proceedings, what would you sort of describe your, your sleep depravity, I guess, level? Uh, after last night, um, probably, I probably stayed up a, an hour later than I would have for a, one of your one of our Hawaii Rainbow home. Oh, yeah, um, probably an hour, hour and a half beyond a uh, Hawaii Fresno State game from Honolulu. <laughs> We've gotten to Mexico this Saturday night out there late <laughs> on the island, so we, we got to get ready for that with our Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I, I guess, though, this is another thing we can put in that same basket of 2020 and unlike anything else we've we've really ever seen. Definitely, definitely. Um, not so much the, the outcome. We'll see what happens with presidential race you know 2004 with the hanging chads in florida yeah yeah uh went to the supreme court so um really didn't have didn't have a clear result for a few weeks and um between bush and gore so we'll see how this plays out um i don't know that we've seen it in such a different set of controversies between the COVID and the mailing ballots and, and so forth. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the championship may be settled in Michigan. Jim Harbaugh needs to take note. Oh, geez. You know, I was talking about it in the previous segment, watching the live odds from Vegas on this thing from about three thirty yesterday afternoon to this point. Absolutely. A wild ride. And once again, it just goes to show our friends in the desert, Cecil, they are ultimately the biggest winner in just about everything. Sure. I wondered how the, I mean, were people, was it like the Super Bowl or the Final Four? (laughs) Were people jammed in the sports books at Caesars and rushing up with their Trump tickets or, you know, every time the odds changed, were they trying to middle the results and I don't know how that all went. I don't know anything about wagering on politics. Yeah. Other than yeah. don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we did learn this morning, breaking news, right? Nick Saban has no intention of running for public office in the future. <laughs> the one thing, and the results are the results, and I hope um, Senator-elect Tuberville 
does good things for Alabama over the next six years. But one thing, um, I think Nick would like debating people. I think he would like to debate. I, I don't think he would like to deal with constituents. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, I think it's, I, I think he's happier um, where there's a scoreboard and a winner and a loser, not not in Washington or Montgomery. We talk about this Alabama football team at the bye week, six and zero, Cecil. Um, I guess this is where a lot of folks uh, thought this team would be. But talk about the path in which it got here. Was it? pretty much what you anticipated. Uh, you never can forecast things like an injury to Jalen Waddell and how that could certainly impact right. this team moving forward. But, you know, the the route that it took just to get to this point in the season, has it pretty much been by the blueprint, would you say? No. I, I thought the first two weeks there was really a lot of concern about the defense, I guess particularly or the first three weeks. Uh, particularly after the trip to Oxford, um, so uh, I think that was that where giving up 48 points in that game I think rattled some people who were like, "Oh, they'll never be able to stop Georgia," or, and, and we'll see in the postseason. Um, but they've improved, so I, I guess from that standpoint, it's like other Alabama seasons. Um, I think Mac's been better than uh, even even people who were pro Mac Jones, big Mac Jones supporters in the off season. And there were there were some guys, and I'm not going to, or some analysts, male or female. Uh, they were they were saying, and you know this is true, Travis. And I'm not calling anybody out. I've been wrong. I did picks last week. I was zero and six in my SEC. Against the spread, so I mean, you know, people are wrong. But there were people in the summer, spring and summer, they were they were writing pretty definitively that Bryce Young are saying on the radio, programs like yours, not you, um, that Bryce Young would be starting by week two or week three. I heard that more than once. I read it more. Um, so I think Mac has surpassed everybody's. Even if you were pro Mac, um, he's surpassed everybody's expectation. Speaking of changing yeah. odds in Las Vegas, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think there were plenty of folks uh, that were a little hesitant to go to that extent with Bryce, in part because you did see good things from Mac last year, but to the tune of. Um, you know, Alabama in terms of passing everybody. offense, they're, they're going for 380 a game. I don't think anybody, you know, nobody saw that. No, I don't think so. And I, I can't say I did. I, didn't, I wasn't right. You can't go find my July column on how um, heading into November, Mac would be the favorite to win the Heisman. Yeah. I, I still think. I think it'll hurt Trevor Lawrence not to be playing Saturday. Um, I still think he's going to get a career achievement bump. And we'll have to see how Mac does. He's got a big, uh, probably another big television audience. Yeah, he had a big television audience in the Georgia game. And he's going to have another one in the LSU game with the Masters lead in and so forth. Uh, so we'll see how he does. Um, you know, Tre- Trevor will have to win it or lose it if it is, then probably in some version of the ACC championship game. Um, and then don't know, obviously, with Justin Fields, he's certainly a factor as well. So, no, I'm not saying everybody said Bryce would start or that Mac wouldn't pan out. But there were a couple of people who said it. There sure were. So, um, so back to your original question, that's that's gone probably differently than some people expected. And probably Mac's been better. I'll, I'll take it on myself. Mac's been Better than I expected. I never expected him not to be the starting quarterback. So, Defensively, Cecil, the numbers point to improvement over a year ago, and especially when you view them through the lens of conference-only 
games, which you kind of have to do, seeing as how we're in a conference-only season. And it's sort of running those numbers from a year ago to this year, um, you know, up a, a really good bit in terms of rushing defense, uh, down a little bit in passing defense. Uh, I think Lane had something to do with that uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, and up a couple of spots in, in total defense as well. Is that what you're seeing from this group, or is it a little bit skewed based on even Mississippi State last week? Look, it was a shutout. Alabama's defense played great. No one's disputing that. But I guess we also have to take into account uh, you know, that Mississippi State offense where it is right now. But, again, some other, some other teams on the schedule, like Ole Miss, uh, have stepped it up in that regard, too. Yeah, it's just hard to judge. It's still a little bit of a small sample size. If you take the two Mississippi games, Ole Miss and State, and combine them, you're about where you may have thought you'd be in those two games. 24 points a game, you know, reasonable amount of yardage because they held State such a low yardage total. Um, so it probably balances out a little bit. Um, I think the next two games for sure, don't know what LSU's quarterback situation will be. Ed Orgeron on the SEC teleconference today said Miles Brennan was able to do some things. Um, I, I don't – I think if – having seen the Auburn game, I think they need Miles Brennan back. Um, but they hadn't been, they, they hadn't been in sync even with him. And they also have defensive issues at LSU, but they'll play hard and they got nothing else this season at this point other than to ruin Alabama season. So, uh, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, Kentucky's really got struggles on offense. So Alabama could have two more, uh, really good defensive performances waiting on them. And then um, Bo Nix and Felipe Franks, and that'll be an interesting an interesting little run. And then who knows, either Georgia again or, or Florida. I feel like we'll know so much more after Saturday uh, because the East will be clear, pretty clear, I think. Um, won't be locked up. Florida's got a loss to you know, cross division loss to A and M, but that's when you start to hit a stretch of uh, Bonick, Felipe Franks. Let's say either either um, Kyle Trask or Stetson Bennett again, or whatever George ends up being, if they're in the championship game, and then you're in the playoff. You, know, you, you might have you might have Fields and then Lawrence. Yeah, so so you might find out. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. So, with that said, I, I think you have to game in Knoxville, the game here against State. I think most people feel a little bit better, um, and and pretty optimistic about the defense going to Baton Rouge. Let's talk about from the the viewpoint of Alabama when you look at Florida and Georgia this weekend and the real potential for that game to be the ultimate determination in terms of who Alabama potentially could see in Atlanta, just from a pure football perspective, um, which do you see as the better matchup, the more favorable matchup for Alabama, those two teams? Because they, they seem pretty wildly different at this point in terms of their makeup. Well, you have the advantage of having seen Alabama and Georgia, and I would say the better matchup is Georgia, uh, unless their quarterback situation changes dramatically. And they just got a uh, – I wonder if it's starting to be psychological. Florida can score. Now. Florida can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it'll be fascinating to watch Saturday. In, in a certain way, I'd, I'd like to see Alabama and Florida. You know, we've seen Alabama and Georgia. And I'd like to see Alabama and Florida. Um, but I don't know that that would necessarily be the best matchup for Alabama. 
What are we supposed to do with Dan Mullen at this at this point, too? By the way, go ahead. But I mean, the the, the Dan Mullen deal at this point. What what are your thoughts on that situation? <laughs> I did a podcast this morning, <laughs> and that came up because we're talking about Georgia and Florida, and he has certainly been <laughs> out. But, but let me ask it this way. Right now, right now, I hand you a ballot. Since we're in ballot mode this week, you can mail it in. I'll, I'll accept a mail-in ballot. <laughs> um, SEC Coach of the Year. Right now. Oh, gosh. And I guess you just have to disqualify Nick Saban. But Nick Saban yeah. can go 11, because we'll talk about that. We're not going to talk about the the – College football. Yeah, player. it's almost you a know, most that, improved award a lot of years, it feels like. Yeah. You know, Nick Saban can go eleven and oh and he set the bar so high he could he's not gonna win it. Hey, he can't he wear the he can't 0. win the Bear Bryant Award when he goes eleven and oh for crying out loud. You know, yeah, he, you know, I mean it's just I, I I think people have put him in a separate category. So, so yeah. leaving out Nick Saban, uh SEC coach of the year. You know, um, I might have to go with, you know, I, I, if the officiating went the way it was supposed to, Sam Pittman would fit it right now to a T, in my opinion. Um, but I might the overachiever. Have, the overachiever. Yeah, if we're talking about in the, in the fr- framework that we know it's pretty much done within, I might go, uh, I might go Jimbo at this point. Possibly. What, what would Florida be your pick? Saturday? Who's your guy? What if Florida wins Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's Dan's Dan going to get that monkey off his back. And Dan gets to yeah. Atlanta, and Dan wins in Atlanta. If Dan, if Dan gets to Atlanta, wins in Atlanta, yeah, he's coach of the year. But if he's Dan, coaching, he's, for, went, for everything that's gone on, if he can do that, and I'm not saying he can, but if he can, he's the coach of the year. I think it's a Dan or Jimbo deal right now because Jimbo can run the table too from where he's at, and, and he won't Definitely. get to Atlanta in all and, likelihood. And but, could be just that that hang around, hang around. Don't know how everything's going to play out. Don't know what's up with the Big Ten, Wisconsin. Who knows how many games they'll end up playing? What kind of you yeah. know? You, you assume Ohio State's going to make it, but um, what if A and M rides right <laughs> maybe, in there with Alabama? Maybe Clemson blows out Notre Dame this Saturday. Um, yeah. So A&M would be sitting there at 91. They're only lost to, let's say, Alabama's the number one seed. Yeah. They're only lost to the number one seed. What do you do with A&M? Have are we found a, a pathway? Than, Have we found a pathway for uh, are, are they A&M? A, are perhaps? they a better team than Cincinnati? We got to go to the magic board and check. We got to find a pathway for A&M here. Yeah, I mean, why not? At 9 and 1, 9 and 1, they're only lost on the road and I know road games are different this year. At the number 1 team, say Alabama's number 1. They're the num- number 2 either way, undefeated Alabama. Mhm. That's their only loss. Uh, so, you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty uh compelling argument frankly of course we go through all this deep, and deep Jimbo Florida, lay, he'll lay an egg deep. in Columbia Saturday night of course after we do all this yeah, so you know that you know, right. I thought that I thought that last night I thought they <laughs> did too their usual, their usual Arkansas performance which uh, in recent history has been to go out play terrible you know the quarterback whoever it might be uh struggle and then beat Arkansas in overtime Beat a terrible Arkansas team in overtime, County Dan. Hmm. Uh, and instead, A and M went out with efficient, looks good, has a really good, good offense. Good Kellen Mond running, in that game. Good got a Kellen great Mond. running back in Spiller. Yeah, um, he's he's running yeah. it like he should. That offensive yeah. line is playing at a high level. They're good enough on defense. You know what it could come down to for A and M is the Auburn game on December the fifth. How about that for back to back weeks in the division, Cecil? There's a lot of ramifications there. If Alabama beats, yeah, I think if Alabama beats LSU, 
and you know they would be prohibited favorites against Kentucky, and I think that takes all the crazy options off the board because I don't think they're going to go up to favor. Whatever happens against Auburn, I don't think they're going to lose to favor. So I don't think there's a good pathway for A&M or Auburn to get into the championship game. Everybody needs help. Right, but from a national perspective, you know, A&M goes through a stretch of Lane, LSU, and Auburn and wins out. That's going to be mm-hmm. compelling there. Already got Florida on the, you know. Yeah, got, he's got already got Dan. The, yeah. Got that one on the wall already. So, I don't know. You know, I, I, I can't see, particularly if Alabama's number one, I can't see them making that rematch. But it, it's just, it, it's liable to get crazy, Travis. You know, there's mm-hmm. really nobody left now in the Big Ten other than Ohio State. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Indiana's not going to do it. Let's just be frank about it. Um, Michigan's not going to do it. Let's let's be frank. So, does the Big Twelve have a team that's better than A and M? Will have better credentials than A and M? And then you get into that debate. What if Oregon's six and zero? You know, I mean, Oklahoma State's got a home loss to Texas now. Yeah, you know, yeah, from the Big so, Twelve. Um. I think it'll work out nicely for A and M either way, but yeah, there's a there's a it would be a back door, and there would be a lot of squawking from Cincinnati or BYU or Boise or whoever. Um, and maybe this is the year for that, or maybe Clemson and Notre Dame play a classic on Saturday and another classic in the ACC championship game, and they split the games. And um, you know, Notre Dame still carries a lot of weight. But yeah, who, who knows? Who BYU knows? and Boise, one of those will get taken care of Friday night. Friday night, matchup. yeah, we've got a Friday night Bluefield action, I think. Yes, yes, up there in Idaho. So, like that one. We yeah, like so that it's one. A good, it's, it's a light, very light SEC schedule, but it's a, it's a pretty good college football weekend to have an open weekend in, you know, in, my, in my case but you're not traveling on Friday you can watch that one you're not working all day Saturday so you can watch Georgia and Florida um, and Clemson and Notre Dame so it, it, it'll be it'll be intriguing um, on Saturday even without Alabama and Auburn Alabama particularly and Auburn in action um, and as all the SEC games have something, Mississippi State and Vandy, you know, there's something. There. I said it. I said it yesterday. That's a big game for Mike Leach. I mean, because yeah, Lane just dropped a Lane just dropped a bomb on Vandy last weekend, right? Right. 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 So, so you you can't you can't lose this one at home if you're if you're Mississippi State. I, I know it's still early, but you know one thing Lane ain't going to do at Ole Miss. So you know this, he ain't going to lose to Vandy, like his predecessors would from time to time. Right. I think Lane against the teams he's supposed to beat, Lane's going to take care of business. And so I think that's a big game for Mississippi State Saturday afternoon. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to pay attention to it. But 19-point favorite at home, and this is bad Vandy, right? I mean, there's – They're really bad. They're really yeah. bad. You know, they're – and I'm not – it's easy to pile on Vanderbilt, and it doesn't really accomplish a purpose. They have, in the best of years, that they have personnel issues of certain type. But this year, they're trying to play. They tra- they played one game with fifty eight guys, I think. Yeah, and and you start peeling four or five starters off of their squad. Rough. It, it's difficult. It's really difficult. So, state, and I thought that you'll, you won't. There, there are people in the audience who will chuckle. I thought state was pretty good defensively, frankly. Um, you know, Alabama hit them the way Alabama can hit you sometimes. Devontae Smith, they couldn't get him covered. But, wow. and yeah, I, I thought they were okay defensively. Um, played hard. So, I, I can't pick Vandy to win, but 
they at least have a chance. They at least have mm-hmm. a prayer, and that'll be it for them. And you are correct. State can't lose that game at home. They can't. Yeah. That that would really set up the grumbling. Look, because their fans, the ones I talked to um, last week, you know, they're, they're now, you know, they've now confirmed in their minds that they're not going to win the Egg Bowl. That's what I was going to say. They're dreading that already going to Oxford because Lane won't just beat them, Cecil, if he gets a chance. He'll 60 bomb them if he gets a chance over there. And and somebody said to me today, like I said, I did a podcast, and somebody was was talking about, well, Lane, you know, Lane's fortunate, or, you know, Lane ended up with one of the better quarterbacks than Matt Corral with the David O'Brien winner this week. And I was like, well, is he or? Nobody was talking about Matt Corral going into the Was anybody talking about Matt Corral before Lane got a hold of him? <laughs> if Lane was at South Carolina or LSU or, or Tennessee, yeah, deja vu all over again. But if Lane was at Tennessee, would Jared Garantano be a lot better quarterback? You know, he might Maybe be. John, it'd be probably Jonathan Crompton all over again, wouldn't he? Yeah, you know, he, he, he could. So, so yeah, not taking nothing away from from Matt Corral, but there's a common thread with Blake Sims and Jake Coker and and Jonathan Crompton, um, and now Matt Corral. You know, what's what's the common thread there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he's. He's done a pretty, but but the, and they've got a couple of playmakers around him. You know, State didn't have any, really, um, and so that makes a difference. State looked like Leach had drawn up what he's going to do. He has it in his mind what he's going to do. Um, kind of probably thought he had a, maybe would have Colin Hill, where they could run the ball a little bit better, and. They've had so much personnel turnover and so many changes and some injury at quarterback and some uncertainty at quarterback. And Lee isn't going to stop doing what he does. He's just not going to change and try and nope. make that. I, I thought, I mean, I don't know what your opinion was. Uh, I'd be interested in your opinion. I thought there were times that Alabama was just daring him to run the ball. Just mm-hmm. dare you to run it. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole problem with with that offense even in in when when you're when you're set up two or three years in you know this if if you can't threaten the interior of a defense with a legitimate semi-legitimate run game in this league you know you're going to get teed off on and so uh and, and also when you don't have a quarterback that can run uh you know, these linebackers are able to get in their drops and uh you know, it's easy. And so, yeah, I, Kylan Hill, the departure there, that, that was a loss for sure. But um, got to find some more guys after the catch, right, that can, can do some they things. Do. And, and, and and State has a history of finding those guys. You know, they do. Chad some. Bumpus, guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, they've had yeah. some. So, so they're available. You know, if you scour um, Mississippi, scour the junior colleges, those guys exist, and he is. He's hitting them. So yeah, for offensive yeah, linemen too. Offensively, you know, they, they they may have eleven new guys next year offensively. It'll be interesting to see if he goes the grad transfer route again at quarterback. I mean, I, I'm not trying. I know that they've. I believe they've got a quarterback out of Texas committed that they're high on, but um, you know, and there's the Altmaier kid from right there in Starkville that's committed to Florida State, but. Uh, you know he's had some good luck with that. It it hadn't really panned out for for KJ Costello this time around. No, and and it's a tough league. I think yeah. KJ learned that. Yeah, um, hate to see hate to see a guy have to leave the game. But yeah, he and Marks. I mean, outside. that's tough to see with the the head stuff like that. Both those guys. I mean, it was good to see Tim Smith, a true freshman defensive lineman, make a sort of. Quinnen Williams or Deron Payne like play there, but man, just uh, the the head injuries are kind of tough to tough to see. They are, they are, but 
um, again, just just hope for the best. 2020 is not a kind year. No, it's not. But Cecil, you're certainly kind to join us here on the program, and we always appreciate you doing it. And always, yeah. uh, as we know, you're going to have uh, unsurpassed insight and commentary for us. So we always look forward to interesting, it. And interesting to that, have an off week and maybe get to talk about some other teams. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get a good look at some stuff this weekend and we'll, uh, we'll chop it up next week, including Jeremy Pruitt going to Arkansas on Saturday night. We'll see how that yeah, goes. Yeah. That one, I mean, they're all, there's, there's, that's a big one for Jeremy, man. Yeah. It, it, they've all got, and part of it is just being a, a dyed in the wool SEC fan like you are. And, um, a lot of your listeners are, and I am just from having covered it for 40 years. Um, but there's something in all of them. You know, there's something. There is. In every game, even Mississippi State Vandy. You know, there's, Absolutely. There's, there's stuff there. There's storylines there. Mm-hmm. There's, story there's some cult, A&M, culture games. But I, I'm like you about A&M. I like A&M. I think they're playing well. But doesn't like once a year, like last year with Georgia, <laughs> and, and maybe it was Auburn this year, doesn't Will Muschamp seem to pull one of these out of the hat every yeah. year? Especially and over there, Florida, no doubt about it. At, at South Carolina, and yeah, keep the wolves between that and the contract kind of just the buyout. The yeah, yeah. He's got Ray Tanner some, kind of as his, his Sir Oliver at, Humperdinck. You know, at some point, somebody, some some uh, wealthy Gamecock alum is going to look at that AP poll and see Coastal Carolina in there, and he's going to start asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get the guy from Conway, he'll say. Hey, Cecil, we got to get to this break, but we always appreciate okay, it, my man. There you go, Cecil Hurt, Tuscaloosa News and TideSports.com. Back to put a wrap on a Wednesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. Has your- what a beautiful afternoon, a bright sunny sky, the high today 73, clear tonight, the low at 47, and we stay rain-free tomorrow and Friday, partly to mostly sunny both days, the high tomorrow 73, Friday's high at 76 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Thanks again to Cecil Hurt, Tuscaloosa News, and Tidesports.com joining the program. The Lunch Whistle today, that's Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there. Try that Yardbird chicken sandwich, man. Great, great stuff at Southern Ale House. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. And until 11 a.m. on Thursday, have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Pulling muscles from my shed.